If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Better with Dr. Erica, hosted by Dr. Erica, provides support and guidance in navigating stress-related challenges to transform your relationship to self-care. Each episode arms you with the tools needed to be better, do better, and live better. There was an incredible episode that you should check out called Touch and Connections as Tools for Healing and Better Mental Health. In this episode, her guest breaks down ways to use physical touch as a form of healing for trauma and grief. Check out Better with Dr. Erica on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Highway to Health. I'm Jeremy Quinby. This is episode 141 of the podcast. If you're new to the show, I want to welcome you. Highway to Health is your place for trusted health guidance and support. Whether you're looking to improve your health or just seeking ways to stay well, we're here for you. This growing community is on a mission to improve our state of being and experience together on the planet. And if you love the conversations and insight, consider becoming a health amplifier. You can support the show for as little as the price of a cup of coffee by going to patreon.com forward slash highway to health. Your support is more helpful than you can imagine. I want to take a minute here to acknowledge this as the start of this 10th season of the show and to thank all of you who have helped make this project become what it is. Listeners who continue to encourage and connect with me, the Patreon subscribers who pay for support like Casey in Arizona, who's been my audio engineer since season three, Mario in Lubeck, Germany, who designed the logo and website, clients and friends who continue to share episodes and help build listenership, and all the guests who have taken the time out of their busy schedules to share their experience and provide resource to all of us and share these conversations with their networks. I'm incredibly grateful for all the opportunities this show has given me. Like any project, it takes constant work and attention, but as it's grown, so too have I, and reaped the rewards of being engaged at this level and for all the introductions to people that I may have never met otherwise. And I share this as a reminder to myself and to all of you that having, having an engaged and supportive community around us is worth all the effort and something that I believe greatly contributes to our collective well-being. And it's this community that made this episode today with Jeff Bailey, the founder of Avita Yoga, possible. We were introduced last fall by clients who I've gotten to know pretty well over the past decade uh, who are also listeners of the show. And they were generous enough to host a dinner party while Jeff was here in Minneapolis teaching a workshop. Shout outs to Mark and Marin for a lovely night and for creating this connection. And I'm excited to share this one. It, it feels like a, a perfect way to start out our year and this 10th season in the fast paced existence that most of us have. Productivity often trumps restorative practices. Many modern yoga methods have also followed this trend and are more geared towards achievement. And the majority of yoga classes now limit participation based on physical ability, which goes against all yoga teachings. Jeff Bailey has in some ways taken yoga back to the basics and, and is offering a yoga that everyone can do that is as much about mobility as it is about acceptance of where we are right now giving us a more mindful experience and the opportunity to heal both physically and at more deeper levels. Please enjoy my conversation with Jeff Bailey. 
I have to let you know that I, I finally got to take an Avita class with Mark. Um, Mark, yeah. With with um, for for people in in Minnesota, Mark Weed is a well-known DJ on the Current who just retired a couple years ago and shifted into yoga thanks to you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's been a year in Boulder with me. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was so great to like you know see because I've known those guys for a while. You know, we got to we got to meet at at a dinner. Yeah, and um and I've known Marn for probably seven or eight years, maybe. It's been a while, so. Um, just to see sort of the, the the shift go on with him has been really cool, and I can just and and he he's just got such a great presence for this kind of work, so it was it was fun to see. Oh man, he's so into it. So I I didn't get it. I I don't know if because we I feel like I got interviewed a little bit at the dinner party that we had, and I didn't get to like learn yeah. quite enough about you. But maybe that worked out just perfectly for us. Here we are. Um, yeah. So I, I I'm not sure if I got to, you know what your background was before you got into into this practice of yoga. Yeah. Well, you know when that question comes up, where do we really start? Right. 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 You know when when you drop into something you're so passionate about and feel so right, it feels like your entire life was arranged for this, for, for whatever it is that you're creating or offering to right, happen. And right. So I'll quickly just say that it, it really began in my childhood with my dad, who was a rural, small town veterinarian. And I had my hands in everything. I was with him constantly helping him with large and small animals. And so I, I got this firsthand experience of what it's like on the inside of these bodies yeah. and how muscles respond and how, you know, what organs do underneath inside there and what happens when they're damaged and beat up. And, and so I just had that firsthand experience and I almost went into medicine, but I, uh, I kind of got my fill of that. And then I went into business school, not really knowing what I was going to do, but it was in my, I was home for my between my junior and senior year of college and stumbled into a yoga class and it just changed my life. Mm. I was about 21 probably at the time and yeah. um and it's not just the yoga but the philosophy behind it, you know, what does yoga mean to join? And I just kept asking that question. It just that was really the precursor that led to so many cool things down the road. Yeah. And what did, did you end up in business school then for a period of time? I mean, sorry, in, 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 in a business field? Oh, yeah, but um, I was so clueless. I just was going to school, having a great time going to college yeah. and going to school. And I thought, oh, when I get out, I got this degree and everybody will want me to work for them. And that just wasn't the case. I just yeah. was not aligned for the, for what, for certainly for the corporate business world. But, you know, those skills, Kind of help us through life in various ways. Was it was this in the nineties when you when you were in college? Yeah, um, this was in the eighties. In the eighties, yeah, yeah. Um, Eighty two to eighty six okay. was my college career. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got out of college in ninety three, and I was like, everybody I knew at that point who had you know a specific major you know track that they thought they were on, there was just nothing going on in the economy. There were no jobs really available. 
And all of us somehow ended up in like some creative endeavor or, or, you know, kind of just creating something for ourselves out of it. Yeah, yeah. It was was kind of great in that respect. I feel like just because I have, you know, one in college right now about ready to get out. You kind of see it's it's just such a different world that they're they're living in in terms of where they're going with everything too, and which you know I think there's there is a loss in there too. I feel like we we had this opportunity to maybe spend a little bit more time exploring because of it too. Yeah, yeah, it's um, college and education is a funny thing. Sometimes it's a it works directly and sometimes indirectly. Yeah, yeah. But it ended up, I just, I dropped out of the corporate world very quickly and just did a bunch of traveling. I started following my heart and and started studying with lots of different yoga teachers around the country and various places. I would just land in in ashrams and studios and and every little bit just touched my heart. And uh, I ended up leading bicycle tours for many years. Oh, cool. And eventually ended up back in Boulder about the age of 30. And... And I'll just say that it was being more direct with your question, how I, what's my background? I, I had a ski injury that hyperflexed my knee mm-hmm. and could hardly walk for about a week. And uh, I ended up serendipitously in a rolfing training. Advanced, it was the first advanced rolfing training. So all the good senior rolfers were there. And oh my gosh, their hands on my body and my knee. And, you know, that's a, as you know, Rolfing oh, is yeah, I've had it done. working with connective tissue and releasing fascia and all that, yeah. changing patterns. And so that's what really gave me insights into the patterns, the, the role that connective tissue plays and restrictions. And I'd said for years, and I still say today, it was the best yoga teacher training I ever had was Rolfing school. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, um, and, 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 and to get that, to get that background, I mean, it's, some of that, some of that stuff is is taught in in certain yoga programs, but you know, yoga programs that are like two hundred hours, you can only really squeeze in so much anatomy into that, and a lot of it is, I think, the the experiential part of it. I mean, even with massage school, I mean, you're only going to get so much. You're going to get you're going to get the basics, or, or rolfing school. You're going to get all the basics, but you know, once you kind of have hands on people's bodies, this is you know, I became a trainer after I was a massage therapist. So, and I did a lot of like post rehab work with people. So I got to both have hands on and watch movement. And I think, you know, it just has informed, I feel like we've, you know, we have such a similar thing with that. I just informed so much about people's experience. And, And then also I started working with newborns, which was like a whole other level of like, you know, where, where does, you know, kind of back to our beginning of like, where do things start? (laughs) You know, you you, you start seeing things, you know, that are, and even working with, you know, doing prenatal work with, with women, I I just start you know, getting such a better sense of like the whole of our experience that way too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. You know, you just, you follow your heart and you follow your hands. And as a, as a person that's interested in working with bodies and whatnot, and and then you just lo- you keep learning and learning and learning and evolving and uh, amazing things happen that way. Yeah, yeah. So, so my experience, I, I want to kind of go through this with you a little bit, and I've, I just have questions regarding the practice now because I like like you, I started doing you know Pilates in my twenties and <laughs> and then got into yoga in my like late twenties and early thirties and really kind of pushed into it. And I was in New York at the time, so. Lots mm-hmm. of, you know, lots of yoga happening there. And 
and I was also, you know, new to doing movement work with people and kind of learning, learning that whole, you know, skill for myself too. Um, so I've tried lots of different kinds of yoga and I, and I, I guess Avita's you know, probably closest cousin is, is some kind of a yin yoga or, you know, there's so many overlapping pieces to it, but what, what, you know, I'm, I'm just curious to, to understand now just from, you know, the way the practice works and maybe you can just kind of explain a little bit about, you know, what, a, what an Avita yoga, you know, session looks like yeah. and, and where the, your, your thinking came from, because I, I like the. I like the restorative nature of it. I felt like I, you know, we, I think we both, you know, just talking to you before, we both have this real understanding of like how the autonomic nervous system plays into how our physical body holds and manifests and all these things. Yeah. It's a massive, massive topic. And, and I'll start by saying Avita yoga is so different uh, that I oftentimes resist uh, explaining it or trying to describe it to people. Yeah, I get and that. I carry business cards with me that has a free pass on it. And I just yeah. say, here, yeah. just go try it. And, uh, but, but I can't do that here. I can't hand you a card and you've already taken a <laughs> class. So, so <clears throat> here I go. Um, I will say, since you brought the word yin up, it does have yin characteristics, but it also has very young characteristics. We do a lot of work. There's, so there's very active work and then mm -hmm. there's passive work. But in a nutshell, and this is hard for people to wrap their minds around because we're so conditioned to targeting the muscles. We, we wanna make our muscles stronger. We wanna make them more defined. We wanna make them more supple. We, we wanna be able to see them. We wanna stretch them and strengthen them and all these things. That's what, you know, for the last, probably 80 years, the whole fitness paradigm is centered around muscles. And no one goes into the doctor to get a muscle replacement. Not yet, anyway. Right. We go for knee replacements, hip replacements, shoulder replacements. It's almost always when we go in to see a doctor or even a physical therapist, the muscle may be irritated, but it's always because of something else. As you know, the muscles are they're told to activate or relax by mm -hmm. the nervous system. Right. Something is stimulating rigidity. Something is stimulating the tightness. And if we only target the muscle, we're never really getting to the problem. So that's the whole idea that um, is fundamentally behind Rolfing. And that's where yeah. the seed was planted. Yeah, yeah. And lots of teachers came in Teachers came in and helped me understand the, the healing power of compression. And that's where it really starts to take off. Instead of strengthening and stretching, we use compress and release. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's to, to back up and go to a much higher level, it's why people buy weighted blankets. You know, it's why if you ever right. saw the movie Temple Grandin, I have my student, my teachers in, in the teacher training all watch the movie Temple Grandin because she was this woman with, with autism and just couldn't control her thoughts and yeah. a lot of anxiety and couldn't fit into the world. Well, she discovered if she started to compress her body, she made her own at-home cattle shoot where she compressed her body and all of a sudden calmness just came through her body. Mm -hmm. And... So we use that compress and release approach. We use the muscles to, to compress the bones. 
anytime you, if you make a fist like I'm doing now, you, you, you squeeze your fingers in and all those bones are getting compressed, which as you know, is a requirement for bone density and bone health. Mm-hmm. But what's going on inside the joints is quite miraculous. There's a cleansing process that's stimulated. You know, you've, I'm sure you lear- learned it many times, but we just kind of learn it and gloss over it. It's the whole bone synthesis process. You know, we have little cells called osteocytes mm-hmm. that, that, that are stimulated and, and transform into bone. Or no, the osteocytes are the cleanup ones. They're like little Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. They go around and they yeah. clean up wherever bone isn't necessary. And the osteoblasts are the ones that synthesize the bone. And that whole physiological process is stimulated under compression. Mm. And that's the essence of it. And that's how I've cleaned up arthritis in my knee. I've cleaned up um, shoulder issues from lots of racket sports in my youth. I've uh, I had a I had two major knee injuries skiing in my life. The other one was to my hip that I'm sure I would have probably replaced my hip by now because of the impact was so strong. But I, I continue to do the work that just keeps cleansing and healing and in a way resurfacing the inner workings of the joints. Yeah, it's really interesting. I haven't, I haven't thought about it from the compression standpoint before. I mean, my my quick take from doing it the other night was that it, it's it feels very similar to I mean it 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 seems like fascial yoga to me in some ways it's like I could I can I can sort of tell just from knowing you and 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 understanding what the work was that there was a fascial element to it because the the holds are like 2 to 3 minutes and you know really you're just you're just allowing you know tissue to settle in in, in those ways but it's also mm-hmm. the positions that that they're in I mean nothing felt so uncomfortable like in terms of a stretch or, and I think that's part of the goal too. Cause I, I think about that a lot with my work. I, I started out doing deep tissue massage work and I still do, I still do that work and trigger point work and myofascial work. But then mm-hmm. I started finding in certain situations that, you know, in certain situations, the the low force part was was much more beneficial for people. I mean, if someone comes into me with like, you know, back spasms or their their sacrum's out of whack or they got SI joint issue, uh, I'll 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 always start with you know craniosacral work. And, and part of it is that it's kind of you know softening that fascia, softening the joints um, and tendons and, and from the nervous system perspective, most likely <laughs> in a lot of situations. Yeah, I mean, for sure. the, the way I'm, I'm sure you've had some craniosacral work done, but our, our, our technique is more blend, you know, with the tissue and the way the tissue is sort of organized. And there's a certain amount of uh, just natural motion to the way tissue sort of, you know, contracts and releases. So we sort of tune into that, tune into the craniosacral rhythm and then just try to facilitate mm-hmm. from there. So it's, it's as gentle as possible. But for, for me, that feels like the most profound thing in a lot of sessions is that the body is basically just organizing itself with my small amount of, you know, help. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, that's what... That term reorganization I use a lot. It's it was common in Rolfing School. We we want to reorganize the body and 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 find it uh, release the places so that we have more options to stand and walk and just be in these bodies, right? Yeah. yeah. So on this on the 
uh, kind of, I'll say, on the surface of a yoga, a Vita yoga shape, there may be fascial adhesions or restrictions that, that you start to feel and you touch into. And as those release, then where do you go in the shape? Closer to the joints, closer to the bones. And so that's why we're, we're always thinking bones and joints, bones and joints, because we've been so conditioned to stay out of the joints. Oh, my knee hurts. Stay out of it. Even in traditional yoga teacher trainings where they're taught these days, well, it's been many years, have a little bend in your knee whenever you do this or that shape. Mm -hmm. But we'll never be able to protect our way into better health. If you protect your knee and you put a little bend in it all the time, and whoever really straightens their knee when they're cycling or running or going for a walk, we have to slowly go into the restrictions in that knee. I'm using my finger here, mm -hmm. like a knee, to get it to slowly start to straighten. And then all those connective tissues, the fascia in the back of the knee, they start to release. And then we get closer to the, to the joint itself. And all those compressive forces go to work. And, and then you, you start renewing your knee from the inside out yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's an important thing to, to remember too, is that part of, you know, doing any kind of training with your body is to train it for extremes, right? Because you, as you're saying, you can't, you can't protect every situation, you know, like if you if, uh, last last winter here in Minneapolis, I, it, it, you might have been here for this, but um, I heard all about the, it. The, just ice yeah. every single day. Yeah. I mean, it was like just warming up above freezing and then freezing every night. And I, mm -hmm. I treated so many you know injuries from falls, and I had even had a fall myself. Um, and but you but your body just has to be responsive and reactive, and it has to know how to sort of like deal with an extreme you know you, you know position that it all of a sudden ends up in and, and be able to like, you know, recover, recover from it too. Yeah. 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 It's true. You know, with, with, so I just got through teaching a workshop workshop on better balance and the key in my humble opinion about better balance is, uh, you know, we can practice balancing all we want, but if we don't have ankle mobility and hip mobility, and, and some freedom in the knees, no matter how hard we try to balance, there will be some sort of short circuiting. There'll either be rigidity somewhere or a little arthritis and a little bit of pain and nobody's gonna stand and balance or recover quickly from a little awkward situation if you bump into pain. You know, sometimes people feel that just putting their shoes on in the morning, oh, I gotta adjust, I gotta sit just to get my shoe on and, and those are the kinds of, that's the kind of feedback that we want in Avita Yoga. So we can go after those kinds of restrictions. And, and so you mentioned the word extreme. So yeah, we want to be able to adapt and adjust under those extreme situations. But how often do extreme situations show up, really? Yeah. We just want to be comfortable in these bodies yeah. day in and day out. And speaking of recovery, I mean, I think the part of the reason I wanted to have you on early in the year is because 
having done this in my practice for you know 26 years i recognize this time of year as a major recovery period <laughs> with i think yeah. that there's the, the really the intensity starts somewhere in, in uh, october or something for people in you know with I, I see it with their people's work, you know, flows changing. And then there's, you know, the impending holidays and trying to get organized for all this. And if you have children, that adds another element to it. So I feel like this this first this first week of, of January is always one of those weeks where everyone comes in and, and, and they're just I can just tell they're all out of sorts. And I even try not to, like, get into too much like, you know, dialogue with them, just give them this chance to kind of fill back up again. Yeah. And, and that's, that was one of the nice things that, that I felt about Avito was that it, it does have this restorative element. And so I, I'm curious about, you know, how you thought about organizing that. And then I, I assume there's probably, you know, as you're talking about that, there's sort of balance work and different kinds of, you know, ways of looking at this. Do you, do you structure then, like a lot of yoga is sort of based on like levels, right? Is, is yours less levels and more kind of like horizontal in terms of how you, how yeah, you think about organizing Yeah, that's a really good it? question. Yeah. Well, for a shape, see, so I call them shapes. Most of the world calls them poses. And anytime we pose, we, we drop into this, you know, kind of a performance thing. And it gets a little tiny bit competitive, especially if there's mirrors <laughs> yeah. in the room and all that. Right, so right. we never, when I taught in the studio uh, for 10 years, I owned a yoga studio here in Boulder and I, I sold it just after COVID. And it opened up a whole new door to be online and travel more and stuff like that, mm -hmm. workshops, et cetera. But the yoga has to be doable. It has yeah, to be yeah. cool. We don't use poses. We use shapes. And and they're very doable shapes. We take almost everything to the floor. So we're we're either lying on our back. We oftentimes have legs up on the wall. And we use the strap. We use strap a fair amount. We use the bolster in lots of different ways. And so the body has to be fully supported so that we can move into a shape and 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 just to give a, a little description to it, we 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 stabilize the whole body, for example. The back is on the floor, but then we might put the strap around the ball of the foot. And the minute you do that, most people think, oh, you're just gonna stretch the muscle and they'll initially start pulling the right, leg toward right. and all that. No. We lower the leg and we start to straighten the knee and we we draw on the strap a little bit. And and my job as a teacher is to walk around the room and almost always I'm talking people off the edge. That's what I say I <laughs> say to my teachers. You're going to spend more time talking people off the edge because they want to push, 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 and they're just going to get in their muscle and they're never going to get results. So you, so you help them back off a little bit and find the first sensation that shows up in the shape. Is it in the back of the knee? Is it in the ankle? Is it in the toe? Is it in the hip? And that's the sensation that you that you work with. Mm -hmm. And initially, the thought comes up: Oh my gosh, this is this is a sensation that I've been avoiding. I thought I was supposed to stay out of this. Okay, but if you if you find your way into it now, what was once considered pain becomes healing sensation. Yeah, and it's deeply restorative, not just to the body but to the mind. It's very peaceful. As you probably felt some of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, the one thing I liked about it, and I, I'm sure this was a, by design a little bit, but coming into the class, I think the class I had maybe at 12 people or something. And mm -hmm. so six mats, you know, against the wall with bolsters and a strap. And, you know, there's the sort of simplicity of it, but also... You know, I've been in a, a pl plenty of yoga classes where you come in and you have to kind of like figure out where you want to put your mat and who you're next to. And all yeah, this none of that. And, and I feel like it takes it takes some of that out. You just kind of you. Yeah. And and it also allows you to kind of stay in that, in your own little space while you're doing it too, which also feels you know very organized in terms of what I was looking for from the class too, because I knew I had, yeah. had a feeling that it was going to be sort of restorative, and it was it was right after the uh, after the Christmas holiday, so I was like really Perfect. ready for it. Um, but you know, that, that what you're talking about, about, you know, people being afraid to sort of move their body through certain things, maybe because they haven't done them for a while. Um, you, you know, is that just, just going to that, that place of resistance is enough. And that place of yeah, resistance for anybody, it. like talking about like using the strap for like a hamstring, you know, or back the leg lengthening. What I've been in plenty of yoga classes where it's it's like competitive. You know, you can almost kind it's of tell everybody, everybody around the room is trying to see how you know how stretchy they can be. And there are some people who are drawn to yoga partly because they're already good at it. You know, they're they're former exactly, dancers or yeah. whatever. And whereas I did not go into it from that place. I was really you know in, in a different place, and I I found that I hurt myself you know, fairly regularly doing yoga. And I oh, saw yeah. and I saw a lot of other people hurt themselves fairly regularly. And I think That's it was how probably, I learned. Right, because yeah. of, you know, if, if you're not used to doing those kinds of extreme hamstring stretches or forward bends, you know, your body is not going to not gonna like that. Yeah, and to what end? How long are you going to make That's your hamstring before, it, before you don't realize the hamstring plays an incredibly important role in stabilizing the back of the pelvis? Right, right. Your pelvis is going to spill forward. You're going to have a really hard time getting your low back to flex if your hamstrings are too long. And you've probably noticed this pattern where the upper back starts to flatten out because they try to stabilize. The only place left to stabilize is the upper back, which is ridiculous. Right. You can't hold yourself up from right. your upper back. Right. So, uh, yeah, so we don't target the hamstrings. Now, a little stretchy sensation, that's fine. But we're not going to try to stretch them. Right. And, uh, and what people find as you, as you ease the nervous system and, and unwind the nervous system, and and then release some of the fascial restrictions, as you have mentioned, all of a sudden your mobility gets better. And there and we start to realize there's a real difference between mobility and flexibility. Mm, yeah. And and I'd much rather have mobility for life and flexibility for life. Yeah. And and the the other part of, of yoga that I feel like it gets talked about, but I and, I and I I do a lot of work with this with people on the table, even when I'm doing craniosacral work, is thinking about how how breath creates space, you know, and yeah. and it's it's and and but I try to I try to have it happen in a more passive way, which felt very similar to to Avita, where you know it's 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 about kind of the the letting go process a little bit more, right? You know, the, thinking about that long exhale as being almost kind of like this low tide in the system, so that the, the further yeah. it goes out the more opportunity for breath to come back in and there is, and that starts to create more space inside the body and kind of push out, you know, on these tissues and fascia. Yeah. And, and that, and I felt, and, and I could tell when I was in the class that I've, I've had a lot of, I've done a lot more of that work for myself because I, I felt like I was incredibly loud with my breath, <laughs> but that's, uh, that, that's, that is the way that I work in general too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Have you ever um, heard of the Bateco breathing method? No. 
Oh yeah, check it out. Okay. Yeah, that's the. How do you spell it? B u t um, uh, b u t y k o. Okay. Pretty sure. I have I have a tough time remembering that, but okay. if you start it, you'll find it. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, Dr. Bodeka was a Russian scientist tasked with um, getting the cosmonauts into space and getting them to function up there and get by with less oxygen. Mm. And so he figured he, so there's this Bodeka breathing method, which is what we incorporate in Vita Yoga. We de-emphasize the breath. Uh, we encourage just breathing through the nose, which is, I just take the fundamental elements of the Bodeka breathing method uh, but but it's a vast topic uh, because most of us overbreathe, mm. uh, and and in and what I mean by that is anytime we breathe through the mouth, whether it's an inhale or an exhale, is overbreathing because I'm going to make this as fast as I possibly can, <laughs> okay. because anytime we exhale too quickly, we blow off excessive CO2. And it turns out, if you really study the Krebs cycle, which is a monster, mm-hmm. it turns out the the more the higher the level of CO two the, the your system is able to maintain, the greater the oxygen carrying capacity of your blood, and the greater the exchange of oxygen and energy within the cell. Yeah, yeah. So he encourages. Um, people to breathe only through their nose and breathe less. And there are various techniques that you use to raise. So ultimately what we want to do is we start to raise the threshold of CO2 in the body, which is uh, causes a lot of anxiety in the beginning. So you just have to go very, very slow with it. And this is, I do have a workshop that uh, online that explains the whole thing, but uh, I, it gets very intellectual and kind of heady, so I don't ever talk about it in the classroom. I just encourage people to breathe through their nose. And like you said, we can drop into the exhale. Little sips of air through the nose is generally enough because we don't get the heart rate going uh, strongly at all in Vita Yoga. We're not there to get cardiovascular fitness or anything like that. We're there to heal. We're there to mend our bones and joints. And and just to be able to breathe for an hour or 45 minutes through your nose is extremely calming. We don't want to think about the breath unless there's the occasional cue to explore the movement of the rib cage. And that's a different mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So so back to back to the sort of, you know, the, the, the way Avita classes might be organized, you know, if, if it's if it's a practice that you're doing long term. There's there's probably a kind of I'm I'm sure some sort of foundational principle aspect of of learning Avita, but then as you're you know since you're you're talking about there could be work you know that focuses more on breath do you do you, or or on balance do do you have do you kind of do those as specific workshops um, or is is there yeah. other ways of how you approach that? Yeah, because I found that it's usually a a knee issue or a hip issue or a shoulder issue that get people into the practice. Mm -hmm. It tends to be people in their late 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s that are drawn to the practice because somewhere in our life we kind of turn the corner and we realize we're not going to be Olympic stars, you know, and and we just want to lead happy, normal lives. (laughs) Right, right. And so... 
and uh, and stay active. Yeah, right. And just do the things that we love. And so that's what this that's what Avita's yoga is really about is just being able to uh, do the rudimentary things that life requires and the things that you love. So uh, because people will find they have a knee issue or some sort of issue that brings them in, I do have a, uh, a series of different workshops on my website that go into the details of the knee, for example, or the, the relationship between the hip and the low back. And there's, and I include three short practices that are that target those areas. There's a downloadable PDF with diagrams. Everybody gets the physiology talk that I do that helps people understand what's going on in their bones and joints when they do this practice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's inspiring and motivational to, to, to really understand that. So that's usually what gets people in. But then in the regular classes, everything is set up in a series of classes where we keep moving through the entire body in a systemic way. From the fingers, hands, to the toes and the feet, there's neck work. Everything is just designed to reveal the blockages, spend a little time with it and dissolve them. Uh Yeah, I I liked your, I think on the website, you under one one of the top headings was a moving meditation which I feel like is it's I've always in, in the way that I've taught movement work because I've also done a lot of rehab type work with people. I, I feel like my work has always been about really getting people aware and in their bodies. And I rarely have used mirrors in my, in my work. Um, cause I, I just, I find the more that people can become embodied and really feel what's, what's happening in there. Most of the time that just leads to better health. Yeah, we want the biofeedback. We right. want it coming from right. the inside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Was there a question there? I'm sorry. No, I'm just I, I I thought that was a that was a great that was a that was a great, you know, thing to it was a it was a good reminder. And also I think that that could be a huge draw because I noticed that in, in the class that I took, there were some older people there. Um, there's yeah. actually a client of mine that was there too. So it was kind of interesting, but that's cool. Um, yeah. but th- there were also a couple of younger people who were newer to the class that were there who seemed like they were probably in their like, you know, late twenties, early thirties. And I, and mm-hmm. I can see where, again, because of this, th- this kind of restorative, um, nervous system aspect of the work and that, that meditative part, most people, you know, once they get into their careers and working lives need to have yeah. these, need to have these nervous system breaks. Yeah, well, that's super cool. I, um, I I went through a good part of my life trying to meditate, and I I do the classic lotus posture or my version of the lotus posture, and I you know get the lights just right and get everything just right and and try to sit and meditate, and and um, it never really really worked for me. Yeah. And there were two things that really started to work for me when it came to meditation. One is you know, once I really established the idea that the goal for a lifetime is to know eternal peace, then my whole life becomes a meditation on a grand level. Right. You know, to be able to realize I can see differently. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. It's it kind of a way of seeing that we can start to change how we see the world. But then but then the the real aha came when, oh my gosh, I don't need to sit a certain way. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a meditation in every shape we do. Mm-hmm. And then you, you drop into a shape, you feel into the sensation the same way 
a meditator might use music or a candle flame to focus, uh, we use the sensation. And then, and what I'll often say is, there's only one skill we learn in a Vita Yoga, and that is how to discern the difference between pain and healing sensation. Mm. If it's painful, you're not going to be able to stay there. You, yeah. you, it's not sustainable. It won't help. There's too much fear and too much resistance. But if you find your way in, the, the sensation that comes, you just know in your heart it's remarkably helpful in healing. And then you just want to stay there for a couple minutes. Yeah. And it and it starts to change, you know, the it just starts to change in the moment. And then and then the time is up and we go to another shape. The mind never knows what's coming. It's very unpredictable of what shape is going to come next. So there's no anticipation. And it helps people really drop in to to use Eckhart Tolle's famous words, the healing power of now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. How much of how much of this kind of um, teaching goes into? I, I know you're doing t uh, teacher trainings. How much how much of this kind of dialogue goes into teacher trainings? It feels like this must be an essential aspect of, you know, bringing in some other you know philosophy elements to the to the work. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We're yeah. In a way, we're just uh, scratching the surface of many good topics. You know, we, we drop into the physiology, we drop into applied anatomy, we drop into um, all the all the different shapes and the variations on them and how to adjust somebody. Um, adjust is really not even the right word, but how to help them find healing sensation in the shape. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then certainly there's uh, the people the people that are drawn to the teacher training are naturally inspired like you and I. They just want to help mm -hmm. people. Uh, they want to see and understand the body in a different way. And there is a stronger, and I think this is what your question was leading to, uh, there's a pretty strong spiritual component to it where yeah. now we have a group of people who really want to drop in and and begin to understand the the deeper undoing that that brings the peace and happiness into our lives. Yeah. And like you and I, I think a lot of people get led to wanting to do this work or wanting to teach because they had some challenge. I mean, you know, yeah, just perfect. Every, every, my, my mind came from a back problem, but you know, I work with lots oh, of yeah. talk therapists. Most of them came from, you know, traumatic backgrounds. And once you get, yeah. you know, past a certain point of that and, and do the, do the hard work, um, and and really engage in your own healing process, it's it's it seems almost like the the right thing to do in some ways. I, I, like I never felt like no, no one was telling me I needed to help people. I just really felt like drawn to that work as I was kind of you know getting through things myself. And also, you know, there's there's a part of it where it, you, I think you either feel like a teacher or you or you don't. <laughs> you know, I think when I was mm -hmm. younger, I I had a I had a thought. I was an English major. I wasn't really even going into the sciences. And I don't, and not that I didn't have interest in the sciences. I just wasn't drawn to that. I was, I was much drawn, much more drawn to like story and, you know, stuff like that than I was to anything else. And I was thinking about writing school as kind of where I wanted to go. And so I started kind of after college, yeah. I started going that direction. 
and being a musician, you know, starting starting to use that, you know, as for songwriting and stuff too. But then, you know, there there was there was some kind of change that happened with me where I started realizing once I kind of got into the work, I'm actually good at using the words, you know, and mm -hmm. and simplifying this so that I can deliver it to somebody and, and give them some small thing. And also having some sense of not overwhelming people with information of being like, this is one thing I want you to understand, <laughs> you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a beautiful trait of a teacher, I would say, is to be able to distill something complex into something digestible and yeah. easier to understand. Yeah, and and I feel like one of the things that is very important to me, and uh, it's an idea that I instill in the teachers that come to the teacher training, it's just so important, is that we never, ever stop healing ourselves. I, I, not once should I think that I have something that you or another does not have. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about, you know, working toward a peaceful presence. I know it's in there. I know we all have that. And I know we all have resistance to it. And I know that we all have bone and joint issues. I know that there's restrictions in there. And I know we all have the physiology to, to change that. And so we're just guides, you know, we're just guides to, to help people along the way and kind of point them in these, in these directions. But then whoever it is that's in front of me is, is a reflection of something for me to learn and, uh -huh. and deepen and grow. And, and that's what develops what a, what a real healing relationship. And it keeps it so fulfilling and so joyous. Yeah. You know, and it keeps me out of my head and in my heart. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, I know you've probably run into this a lot having been to ashrams and, you know, studied this stuff for a long time, but it, it also, it, it frees up the guruism, you know, but that, totally. that relationship between, you know, student and teacher that becomes a weird power dynamic sometimes where, you know, and I, I started recognizing this right away with people like, you know, people wanted me to be this thing. And I, and I, was, yeah. and I started resisting, you know, more and more of, of realizing like, no, I need to, I need to show my vulnerability and I, I need to show my flaws more. And I, I need to let them know, like, I'm having a back issue today. You know, like mm -hmm. th that for, for a while, I felt like, you know, I was, you know, hiding all these things. And then after a while, I realized mm -hmm. that was actually a strength in my teaching. Yeah, it's just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in a body, you're going to have stuff to work with. There's no <laughs> right, doubt about it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And then and you can then you can also stand for clarity. You can stand for happiness. You can stand for peace if you've if you've had glimmers of it. And then you hold that. You know, we can we can hold that container. Cause I I really feel, and I'm certainly not alone in this, when we heal ourselves, we heal for all. If if right. if we are one, like the saints and sages have told us for centuries. If there's, if we are one, then my healing and my healing thoughts and my actions um, are not just for me. You know, they're they're. It's like a ripple effect, yeah. and I don't need to understand that. I don't need evidence for it. I just um, trust it. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, one hundred percent.
and and mm-hmm. it and it happens, you know. I mean, because we, especially in my work, I, I end up dealing with stuff that I think is sort of intergenerational, you know, trauma or intergenerational, you know, challenges that that people sort of face within their families. And I think that's part of this week, you know, you know, com- coming back from the holidays is like, you know, it, it's you can kind of get through it and then there's the processing of it, you know, and the processing happens in conscious and unconscious ways and the body holds on to it in different ways. So, you know, I think this is a great time of year to do this kind of work and, you know, really, cool. really, you know, get, get some of that stuff moving to this so that we can kind of go through the healing from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, driving down my street yesterday, I noticed, uh, people have tossed their Christmas trees out at the end of the driveway, you know, and, and, yeah. then that. and so this, this, it's, what's funny is, you know, we do all this work, we get the tree, like many different rituals, we do all the work of the ritual, but then when it's over, we just, okay. Yep. It, all of a sudden <laughs> the value of it goes from, from a hundred to zero yeah. in a matter of weeks. Yeah. And um, I think that alone is worth kind of looking at the hoops that we, we feel like we're supposed to jump through, yeah. you know, and then, and then there we are doing it, maybe not for ourselves but for others. And where's the self-healing in the that, yeah. you know, if we can slow down and reflect and um, maybe next year we do one less thing at the holidays or maybe right. a couple less things just to, to, to have the peace and the joy, which is what it's really supposed to all be about, right? Yeah. Or, or, or even just to make space after things, you know, to, uh-huh. I feel like I'm getting better and better at like, you know, I, I, I want to go into the family situation and really enjoy it as much as possible, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, we feel like we're sort of, you know, racing to the finish line and then we just drop at the end, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the way I think a lot of people end up doing I made it. it. Happy New Year. Uh. But, you know, and, and if, and if th- yeah. that's, that's inevitable sometimes, but with that, then like make space for the recovery, let that energy fill back up again, give yourself time to process that stuff, yeah. you know, do, do some things that like, you know, doing some movement work or journey or, you know, going for a walk, being in nature, doing something that actually just kind of like allows you to process those kinds of things, I think is helpful. Yeah. And we have 12 months to do it in, right? So you don't <laughs> right. want to, you don't want to sprint off the line. This is right. an endurance. Right. This is a long-term yeah. quote unquote race. Right. But as you were saying yeah. earlier, I think what ends up happening, you know, if, if your intention is for, for peace, you know, then, then making this uh, a lifestyle choice, is is really the important thing and figuring out what those what those elements are i mean you know not everyone's going to I, i've come to realize not everyone's going to appreciate the kind of you know work that i do you know as as a therapist and i and i can't be for everybody you know and i think probably this i'm sure you feel the same way like avita yoga you you see the potential for it for everybody but that doesn't necessarily necessarily mean everyone's going to gravitate towards it but i think no. sometimes even even if somebody ends up going through the process, they're going to learn something by, by going through it that might lead them to the next step, or maybe they'll go, they'll, they'll sidestep and come back to it or, you know, something will happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. And that's why, um, so ironically, um, when somebody comes into the practice and they have a knee injury or a shoulder injury, at some point they're going to hear me say, peace is the goal. You may want that, you may be here for your knee, but let's actually make the the healing of your knee 
second to using this thing that's upsetting you in your knee to unwind your mind and make peace with it. Just make peace with what's going on. Even if you have to have surgery or go do something uh, along those lines down the road, if you're peaceful about it, your results are going to be so much better. Right. And with a peaceful mind, you know, we could spend another many hours talking about what happens in the physiology and the nervous yeah. system with yeah. a peaceful mind. Yeah. But, but we can just, we can go there quickly and just realize that, that uh, when we do slow down and make peace the goal, and then you just kind of let yourself be guided through the shapes uh, that's when the results come in quicker than people would yeah. really ever imagine. It's the people that are intellectualize it and push it and need to know exactly how much and just they they, um, they they're just more in their head than in their heart. Their results will come, but they're just going to be a little bit delayed i've noticed yeah i i, and I noticed eventually the exact same if they thing. stay with it long enough they all drop into that yeah yeah i noticed the exact same thing in my practice with because i offer different kinds of you know touch basically right i you, you know the craniosacral work is one way of working yeah and the massage work is another way of working and if your experience has only been with massage work and that kind of pressure you you're you're you think that that's the only thing that's going to help you and from my experience now I, I, I think about it almost, that's why I, I really liked this this kind of yoga was it feels similar to to something like a craniosacral work where I'm, yeah. I'm doing this very, you know, gentle um, kind of traction work. I usually start around the, you know, legs and feet and I'm working around the base of the spine and the base of the head and neck. And it's, and it's really sort of like giving this opportunity for the body to just kind of open up and also settle. You know, I think even if I've, I've learned over the years now too, like, after I know somebody's you know body well enough for a while, and they come in with something, I'll, I'll a lot of times just start out with a little bit of craniosacral work to kind of like settle them, and then get into into more you know tissue work, because I find that the the body can kind of receive it a little bit more. Whereas if I go right in, I can tell there's a lot of protective response and a lot of you know guarding and stuff that's already happening in the body. And part of that has been it's just trying to get through you know whatever it was doing you know since I saw them last. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that is the way is through, not over, not under, not around, but gently and consistently through the issue is is the way. Yeah, yeah. and and I and I I feel like this this the, this kind of work, uh, the Avita type of work, to me feels like something that. The, the more that you the more that you practice it the more that you you know i think you you can find that that more settled state i can i can just sort of tell like i'm going to i'm going to be taking some more classes just so you know <laughs> it, was, nice. it, it wasn't a one time thing because i i really feel like this was kind of something that i need to I've got a lot going on in my life right now and and i i feel like but it but it has to be and, and i try to get people to think about this too of like how do you program these pieces in so that you have some consistency to it so that you don't end up with that sort of race to the finish line feeling all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty yucky feeling because if I'm racing to the finish line, now I'm anticipating, I'm not in the present moment. I have this idea that some advancement of the shape or the body or the 
life situation, some advancement of that is going to bring me happiness. But then when when we get there, that that state of mind is still there, and it's and it's so whatever it is that we attain is still kind of fleeting. And and again, it, that's why, you know, it, I'm I'm not alone in saying this. That's for sure, because if you really look at the Yoga Sutras, and you look at the scripture and and the writing that predated the yoga that we know that's come into America in the last probably yeah. seventy years, yeah. It's all about finding peace in the mind. There's very, very little about the body in the Yoga Sutras. And so, so then we can take that idea. If I just, right now, if you happen to be listening, you know, you can just plant the seed for peace in your heart and, and let the unpeaceful things that show up remind you of what you really want. And then peace starts to become the guide. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have to figure out what things to eliminate in my life. I just, the things that are supposed to just kind of slip away or fall off just sort of naturally fall off. Because now I'm, I'm so clear on my target, yeah. really in my heart and mind. And, uh, and that's, that's the yoga. That's, that's, the, the, that's yoga. the practice right there. That is, that's it. Yep. So cool, man. I, I love what yeah. you're doing. Um, well, thank can, you very much. What, what is, are you, are you, I think you're just starting to do some, I mean, I know you're doing teacher trainings, you're doing, you're, you do the online work so people can, you know, just, just so people understand how to interact with this work too. If, it, if they can't find Avita teachers in their, in their cities, you have, you have online stuff. And are you, are you also doing like retreats and that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'm doing a retreat up in, your neck of the woods up in um, this fall. I have a retreat in Bayfield, Wisconsin. Oh, My yeah. wife and I were up there. Just we were up there for about beautiful. a week visiting friends. So beautiful. It's kind of my new favorite American town. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It looks like time left it behind. Yeah. You know, like the original owners of the restaurants and the hardware store. It's just so Main cool. Main Street. And then the and then the giant Main lake Street. right there. And then you're on the shores of uh, Lake Superior. It's yeah. the you know, in many ways, it looks like an ocean it does. to us land lovers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, it's just fabulous. So we found this great retreat center. That's in September. Um, I do have workshops. I'm coming to Minneapolis for a workshop in um, April. Okay. Yeah, pretty sure it's April. <laughs> okay, okay. And yeah. I'm guessing this is on the website, correct? It's on the website. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that's in the show notes, but can you, can you say it real quick just so we've, we've got that too for uh, Yeah, vitayogaonline.com. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, like you said, we did kind of, we, we hit a lot of topics today and just skimmed the surface of some of them. But oh, we, it's so fun. We, yeah, we, we, perfect. May, we may have to just decide on, uh, on one topic to really get into next time. Maybe we'll do that. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to introduce everyone to you. So thank you for taking the time to do this with me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Jeff Bailey, folks. I've had the chance to take two more Avita yoga classes since we recorded this. And I'm really loving how it's helping me ground in my body and creates a much needed recovery space for myself. Hoping this conversation helps you think about a space that you'd like to create for yourself this year for your healing and recovery practices. 
If you're looking for help of this kind, Jeff has a lot of online offerings as well as retreats. Check out avidayogaonline.com to find out more. And if you're here in Minneapolis, I highly recommend Mark Wheat's class. I have links to all of this in the show notes. And while you're scrolling down on, on the app that you're listening to, take a second and give the show some stars and a brief reason why you love listening to the show. This helps more people find the resource that we aim to keep connecting people to. Let me know what you thought of this topic in conversation. You can reach out to me anytime by email at jeremy at highway2.health. Thanks for listening and for all that you do. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and take care of your planet. Be well, my friends. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Better with Dr. Erica, hosted by Dr. Erica, provides support and guidance in navigating stress-related challenges to transform your relationship to self-care. Each episode arms you with the tools needed to be better, do better, and live better. There was an incredible episode that you should check out called Touch and Connections as Tools for Healing and Better Mental Health. In this episode, her guest breaks down ways to use physical touch as a form of healing for trauma and grief. Check out Better with Dr. Erica on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.